sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And despite our best efforts, there's going to be no Bean today. Now, last time there was a USA game and then we tried to do a podcast afterwards. We were both, well, Beamer was at Zaftig for the game. I couldn't make it for that one. That was the Wales game. Beam did it right after the game. Yeah, he enjoyed himself right at the bar. So we decided to wait till the next morning to record this one. I am at home. Beam is at home. And we had some uh, technical difficulties on my end. Beam, completely ready to go. Had lots of good thoughts. We actually started recording until I noticed he wasn't being recorded for some reason. And so due to my technical inadequacies, Beam's not able to be on this one. Not his fault. In fact, I'm surprised he hasn't murdered me because I took like a half an hour trying to figure this out and still couldn't get it sorted. So this is the podcast you're getting of me talking about the game as opposed to me and Beam, which is what we really wanted to give you. We will have further thoughts on the US next week, both of us together. Hopefully we will get back to our regular recording schedule tonight once I figure this out and we'll have some more thoughts on the games that are happening currently as I'm talking to you. But for now, Let's recap the action from Friday, November 25th. Of course, you know which one we're going to talk the most about. Uh, the USA took on England in a game that if you had told me before the tournament the US was going to get a draw with England, I would have been fully okay with that. Like, if you said nothing else is guaranteed, but the US is going to tie England, I would have said, sign me up for that. That is an England team that has tons of firepower. They certainly could make it to the finals and win the whole damn thing. That's how good that team is. And the U.S. went toe-to-toe with them for 90 minutes plus and hung in there. 0-0 draws, not usually the most entertaining soccer you're ever going to see. I did feel like this game had plenty of ups and downs. I felt like the U.S. certainly had their chances. And I feel like as well that the U.S. more than held its own in this game. Um, In fact, in a text thread that Beam and I were going to talk about, because that's what we would have done, we could have continued talking, um, <laughs> we were talking with Evil Bald Colin, who you heard on our U.S. national team preview show, and Colin shared the same thoughts. It felt like the U.S. kind of outplayed England for vast stretches of that game. Um, I thought the U.S. had better of the play for most of that game. In fact, if you go to ESPN, the headline from Connor, Hall- Connor O'Halloran, who wrote about this game, United States dominant in draw with England at World Cup. It's not just me saying that. I mean, I did feel like this game was something that the United States definitely had the better of the chances. I feel like England had a couple that were, you know, required a really good save from Matt Turner. Harry Kane had a couple where he was wide open, especially one where he was up late in that game for a header and just completely whiffed on it. Like, no doubter, he's open in the box and had a chance to put one right in the back of the net and completely missed the goal. Didn't even make Matt Turner have to do anything on that game. So, or on that shot, rather. It was was certainly not to say England got completely outclassed or anything like that. I just thought the U.S. played as well as they've played uh, in this lead-up to the World Cup and certainly in the World Cup. I think they played better than the game against Wales, even though they didn't score a goal. Christian Pulisic had the, probably the one of the best chances that ended up 
you know, smashing the crossbar and seemed like he had Pickford beat on that one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is because Pickford was able to keep his hand up that it ended up being where it was. Who knows? It was on frame and not actually going to hit the crossbar. Maybe Pickford makes a save. I don't know. Um, you could also look at, I think Weston McKenney had a chance early in that game where the cross came in and he had just had an open foot on it. No one in front of him and couldn't and ended up shooting it, you know, almost out of the stadium. So those are the chances you've got to be able to make in the world cup. Those are the things, those are the games. And, and to be fair to the U S national team players, like we have seen plenty of good teams. We've seen Germany have chance after chance after chance, not been able to finish. They've got world-class players there, right? We just saw England have chance after chance, a couple of chances that they couldn't put away. Like I said, we saw with Argentina chance after chance that they could not put away. There have been plenty of teams in this world cup that have not been able to put away these golden opportunities. So it was something to see for the United States to finally watch them again, play England after the last time they played was back in 2010. It was great to see that actually play out on the field and finally get to see what happened and similar result in the fact that you had a one, one or you had a one, one draw in that previous one. You have a zero, zero draw here. I believe that still stands. United States has never lost to England in a world cup. I'll take it. Also never lost to him in a, uh, you know, revolutionary war for whatever that's worth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I had to go there, but I did. So what does this mean for the United States, right? What does it mean for the U.S., given the fact that they had this tie with England? Where do they stand in the standings? Where That's not the way to say that, but we'll go with it. That's fine. Here are, as of right now, what the World Cup standings are for Group B. England is atop the group with four total points after they defeated Iran in the first game. But Iran, shockingly, is in second place. We haven't talked about that game yet, but Iran... Two late goals against Wales after Iran had the better of the play, I thought, in this game. Wales, their goalkeeper had to go out because he got a red card after he took a ridiculous chance coming way out of the box and basically clobbered into one of the Iran uh, forwards. And that led to essentially uh, him being out of the game, Iran going up 11 to 10 men on that. They had to come and bring a backup goaltender. All I know is. Wales may have lost this game without that foul because Iran was pressing and playing really well and playing tough, but Wales, I definitely think, did themselves no favors uh, when their goalkeeper ended up having to go out of the game. That was that was not ideal for him by any stretch of the imagination. I think it was Hennessy that ended up, was the one that had to go out. So Iran in this game, they get two late goals. The first one was just, as Bean put it on Twitter, an absolute piss missile, like stunning goal that came in this one and truly a, a fantastic shot, an emotional win. You have to say for Iran after everything they've been through as a country, everything that's been going on, you know, in their homeland, every that's, it's just, it's no doubt about it. They, they are playing with some extra passion because of what is happening where you have people being threatened uh, at home for expressing themselves and women, especially experiencing violence at the hands of the police and government in that country. So they, the players have taken stands on that. They have had to deal with some of the fallout from taking those stands. So there is certainly something to say for Iran being able to push through that and find a goal. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, Wayne Hennessy who got the foul on Mehdi Taremi outside of the box. And then just just some really good substitutions as well for Iran. They were able to get some of their players in. Uh, Sheshmi, who had played, uh, I think he was brought on as a sub. Uh, he had a tremendous shot that ended up going in. 
they had a cut they had that sequence in the 50 something minute where two shots off the upright and then their keeper Hennessy makes a save for Wales after two shots go off each side of his po- like just an insane sequence and you saw the Iranian players like what do we have to do to score they finally got the breakthrough and I know some US fans were like concerned about this they're like oh no this is bad for the US now Iran has this this win what is that going to do I felt like as long as the US could tie England we'd be okay right at the end of the day as much as it would be better if you know Iran and Wales got each a point there and then they'd be Wales with two us with two on the tie and Iran with one the reality is you'd still probably have to beat Iran to advance to guarantee yourself a chance of advancing now there is no doubt with Iran winning you have to beat them there's no other way around it you can't get a draw and then hope for I wouldn't have wanted to do that anyway I wouldn't have wanted to hope for England to beat Wales and then who knows what happens there the fact that Wales is essentially eliminated is pretty good and the U.S. can make they don't have to wait for anything all you have to do is go beat Iran not that it's going to be easy but the United States has a clear path go out play with reckless abandon to go out and win this game play smart but obviously you cannot play for a draw Iran knows that too and Iran they certainly will be trying to I'm sure they will be sitting back and waiting for the U.S. The U.S. will probably have a pretty good amount of possession which means you could be vulnerable on the counterattack. but Iran is probably looking at this going you know barring Wales somehow beating England which I guess could happen there's really, they know, if Iran looks at it, they say, if we tie the U.S., we're through. If we beat the U.S., we're clearly through. They just know they can't lose to the U.S., so they're probably going to pack it in and play a compact defensive game. It's going to make it maddening for the U.S. as we're going to have probably 100 chances and have to convert a couple of them and hope that we don't get burned on a counter. That's the way I look at that game early on going. Uh, so we'll see if that is the way it goes. The other World Cup action from yesterday... Uh, very briefly, because I know we're already into the next day of World Cup action, but the rest of the action from Friday the 25th, you had Senegal, not shocking, beating Qatar. Qatar did not deserve to be in this tournament. They did get a goal at least, which I guess is nice for the people of Qatar, but they are only in the tournament because of the fact they're hosting this level of competition, but because Qatar, otherwise Qatar, would not be anywhere close to a qualifying nation for the World Cup. Unlike, let's say, Russia in years past, where Russia was pretty good. They're just in Europe, and that's a very difficult place to qualify from. You know, they they were still a pretty good team. Qatar is nowhere close to that, and Senegal made no doubt about it. Three goals there for them, deserved goals, all of them. Senegal gets that three points as they needed to, and that helps their chances greatly. The other game, and this one is is tough. You you have heard Beamer talk about Cody Gakpo for the Netherlands. He gets on the board six minutes into the game. Puts the Netherlands up one to nothing against Ecuador. And then Aner Valencia, who has been just a revelation in this tournament and a lot of fun to watch, he gets a goal in the 49th minute. But problems there, big problems, because of the fact that now he is probably going, I don't know exactly if he's going to be out, but Aner Valencia got the nice goal and then left the game late and looked to be pretty limping off the field. Uh, unfortunately for him don't know what he's going to be able to do in their final matchup but that 1-1 tie in that game does mean and with Qatar losing Qatar has been officially eliminated from advancing to the knockout routes they're the first team so far to have been eliminated by the time you listen to this podcast there may have been a few other teams um, but we will get there in a moment 
All right. So who is officially qualified from Group A? Uh, as of right now, no one. Netherlands and Ecuador drawing. They're both in a good spot to get to the round of 16, um, but they can both qualify as long as they draw against their respective opponents coming up. The Netherlands gets to play Cutter, while Ecuador has to play Senegal. However, if, if the Netherlands lose, they can still get in as long as Ecuador win. If Ecuador and Senegal draw, it would come down to goal differential between the Netherlands and Senegal for the final spot if they lost to Qatar, which they're not going to lose to Qatar. So let's go ahead and put that out of our heads. Looks like here the best bet is probably if Ecuador and Senegal play to a draw, Netherlands likely will win. They want to win the group anyway. There's a very good chance the Netherlands will advance and be the number one team out of Group A. Ecuador and Senegal, if they can play to a draw, that would be advantageous for Ecuador. Pretty much, if Senegal wants to qualify, the only way they can do it, they will do it with a win. And other than that, if they draw, they're eliminated if the Netherlands win or draw, and there's tiebreakers in place even if the Netherlands lose. So pretty much their only chance is if they qualify for the knockout round by winning that game against Ecuador. So that'll be a fun one to watch coming up next week. Take a break, come back, and we will tell you what's on tap for the rest of today. You're listening to Bone & Beam United's World Cup Recap. the rest of the games for Saturday. Here is what is on tap. Some of these games may have already happened by the time you hear this podcast. Poland takes on Saudi Arabia. Tunisia takes on Australia. France takes on Denmark. And Argentina takes on Mexico. The Argentina-Mexico game is significant because if Mexico were to win that game, Argentina is officially eliminated from the World Cup. They will not be able to advance. They'll still have another game. But they would not advance to the knockout round, which would be pretty stunning for a team that a lot of people had, at least in the final four teams, if not winning it all. So Mexico has a very big chance against Argentina. We will tell you how all those games went and recap all that in our later podcast that you will hear recapping today's action. Perhaps that will be with me and Beam. Perhaps I will have thrown my equipment out the window and into the street where I will back a large truck over it and start over or some solution in between. Anyway. I know what I've got on tap upstairs is not on tap. It's in a can. It's in my fridge and I'm going to have some right after this USA IPA feels like a good time to throw one of those back because I could use a beer after this morning of trying to record this podcast, but USA IPA, it is in stores, by the way, select giant Eagle locations. There's a few other places you can find it too. Uh, you can also find it, of course, at the Zaftig tap rooms, Italian village, Zaftig Italian village. That's where beam and I will be uh, to watch a lot of these world cup games. We will be there or beam will be there. Tuesday, for whatever reason, he'll be out there watching. Uh, but also, uh, you can get it. You can get our beer there, USA IPA. It's on tap or in cans, or you can find it at the Huntley Road Tap Room as well on the north side if that's where you are. Hope that helps. Thanks for listening to the World Cup recap. We'll talk again later today. You're listening to Bone and Beam United.